Aloha. What's up, Penn Nation? You're now tuned into yet another edition of BJPenn.com Radio, The Fighter's Voice. As always, I'm your host, Jay Kinch, and we are back yet again. My apologies for last week. We missed you guys, but we're back with a great show, great guests, and more awesome conversations for you tonight. This is episode 81. We're getting closer and closer to that 100 mark. I can't wait. But again, it's a great show, good guests, and it's a pleasure to be here with you, my friends. As you guys already know, bjpen.com forward slash MMA news, bookmark us. We are your premier source for all things mixed martial arts. Our team is always working hard to bring you guys the best, most reliable information, all the breaking news, the viral videos, exclusive content, everything you crave from the sport you love of mixed martial arts, bjpen.com, the fighter's voice. We have got you covered, Penn Nation. Make sure you guys follow us on social media, stay up to date, get all the latest and greatest. You guys know what's up. We're the largest independently owned and operated MMA news site out there today. All of you folks at Penn Nation make that possible, so big thank you, big mahalo, guys. And as for tonight's guest list, three great conversations I hope you guys enjoy. We kick things off with good friend of the show, good friend of BJPenn.com, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. Still undefeated. As a featherweight in the UFC, Alex just got the call for the biggest fight of his career so far. He's been campaigning for a top-ranked guy. He's finally got that guy facing number 10-ranked Darren Elkins at UFC Fight Night Boise on July 14th. Huge opportunity for Alex. He's very pumped up for the fight, as are we. So we're going to break down the matchup, talk a bit about how the fight got made, what he thinks of Darren as an opponent, as a person, Finally coming over to compete in the States, which is something that Alex has talked about on this show numerous times. So again, good convo with Alex. I hope you guys enjoy it. Always a pleasure to have him on the show. And big thanks to him for uh, speaking to us so early in the morning from Down Under in Australia. And our second guest on the show tonight, one of the huge winners coming out of UFC Chile and Santiago over the weekend. First round TKO victory over Jared Cannonier. Dominic, the Devastator Reyes, returns to the show to recap the win, talk about what's next, give us his thoughts on Chile, his experience there in the city of Santiago, and a whole lot more. Always a pleasure to speak with him. He's such a down-to-earth guy. I know you guys will like that convo as well. And closing out tonight's show, one of the athletes set to compete on the second season of Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, fighting out of Jackson Wink MMA in Albuquerque, New Mexico. The man they call the extraordinary gentleman, Bavon Lewis. First time speaking with Bavon, and I gotta say, for a kid who's only got five professional fights in his career, he truly has a veteran's mentality already. Obviously, that lends itself to the camp he's with and the team he's with over at Jackson Wink MMA. But nonetheless, he's making his second appearance on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. He won his fight in the last season, but he was put on a developmental deal, an exclusive developmental deal with the UFC. So clearly... They see potential in Pavan. They want to build him up correctly and then bring him over into the big leagues. So we're going to talk a bit about the first experience on the show, the upcoming fight he has, what all of this means to him, his background as a martial artist, how he got into the sport, and a whole lot more. Again, first time speaking with Pavan. I thought it was great. I hope you guys do too. All right, so there you have it. We kick things off with Alexander Volkanovsky, followed by Dominic Reyes, and closing things out with Pavan Lewis. Let's waste no time. We'll jump right into it. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Coming up next to kick things off tonight, Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show, undefeated in the UFC's featherweight division and a good friend of BJPenn.com, Alex Volkanovsky. Pleasure as always to have you back, my friend. How is life down under this morning? Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, busy morning, as it always is, for a family man, as you know. So, uh, <laughs> as you know, uh, since I, I delayed, uh, delayed the call because I had to drop the kids off at school, but uh, all good. <laughs> well, I completely understand, man. Family first. And, you know, obviously we always appreciate you taking the time to speak with us, especially so early in the morning over there. Uh, a lot of fighters are not morning people, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, well, mate, we got no choice, so we're up with bloody... Five in the morning, almost every morning. Our, our kids uh, like to get up early, so yeah, we're, we're definitely morning people. 
So there's much to discuss, much to cover. A lot has transpired since we last had you on the show. I believe we spoke just after the win over Jeremy Kennedy. You've been saying for a while now that you wanted a top 15 opponent. You finally have that matchup against the number 10 guy and one tough dude in Darren Elkins. First off, tell us how excited you are to be fighting Darren. It's unreal. It's unreal. I wasn't expecting. Obviously, I'm calling out uh, top 15 guys. I thought I deserved someone in the top 15. um, you know, Sean, that's what he was looking for. He was trying. I think he he threw a couple of names and he was trying for a long time, actually. We, we, we just kept hitting him up. I uh, had my manager just pestering him. And then he finally come back to us with Darren Elkins, which, man, what, what a champion, to be honest with you. Like, he does, doesn't really have to take this fight. He's on a 6 fight win streak, taking out some big guys. He probably should be ranked higher than he is anyway. He could, he could definitely be fighting someone in the top three. But, you know, he, he put his hand up. Again, I, I think it was hard for me to get matched up. But Darren, you know, the, you know, the man that he is, puts his hand up and goes, all right, let's do it. And, uh, it's unreal. So, yeah, I've got a lot of respect for him for that. You know, he's a, you know, he's a cool dude. He's, a, you know, he's good to watch, you know. This is going to be an exciting fight. And a lot of people are amped up for it. So am I. You know, I think, uh, you know what I mean? He's, he's a grinder, but, you know what I mean? So am I. And I just think I've got too many tools. Just like, uh, just the same as uh, with Jeremy, I think. I think you you know, you could see me finish it. You know what I mean? There's grinders, and then there's uh, then there's grinders that are really dangerous as well. Yeah, some of what you touched on there in regards to the matchmaking is something I wanted to get to here in a moment. But you guys have somewhat similar styles, and that you both keep a high pace. You really grind guys down with those wrestling skills. Give us your thoughts on how you match up stylistically against Darren. Yeah, again, I, you know, I just think I'm a bad matchup for him. I think I'm a bad matchup for. All the grinders, because I know a lot of the grinders, they rely on their, their grinding pressure, and you know, wearing them down and then finishing them at, at the end, you know what I mean? And, and things like that, or taking decisions or whatnot. Like, he's, he's had You know what I mean? Let's be he's one tough dude. He's been taking a lot of damage and then just grinds people out and then just takes them out right at the end. The thing is, I believe, uh, you know, I'm going to be doing the same thing to what the last few people, you know, I'm going to be putting... Yeah, I believe I'm going to be, you know, giving him a, a, a bit of a, a touch-up and then I won't gas. That's the problem. So I really think I'm just a bad matchup for him. You know, again, credit to him. He's an absolute gun. He's tough and he's a grinder. He can go for days, but so can I. And at the end of the day, it's only 15 minutes in there and neither one of us are going to tire out in the 15 minutes. But I believe I'm just too dangerous. I know that in our previous conversations, you've discussed wanting to showcase your striking ability uh, in your fights moving forward, but is this a fight that you think you could possibly do that, or are you anticipating a war of attrition and a lot of grappling exchanges against Darren? Uh, definitely you're going to see some striking. Definitely you'll be seeing some striking, so I will get to showcase some striking. The thing is, but like, like I say, every time, you know what I mean, like last time I, I wanted to showcase the, the striking, because again, I, I go in there, I'm the type of person, you know, I'm not a cocky guy, you know, I know, I'm, I, know I can beat everyone, but I always plan, you know, and I train for the worst. So I expect a grinding fight. I expect them to, you know, they might get a takedown and I have to work my way up. And, you know, I'm still, even though, I, you know, it won't surprise me if that doesn't go that way. But, I mean, I'm always, you know, preparing for a grinding fight just so I can get mentally uh, prepared for it. Uh, if it happens, you know, it won't break me. That's why I do the hard rounds. That's why I'm always uh, fit and ready for the, for the fight. But, I mean, don't be surprised if you know, he tries to take me down and I, I throw into the ground and just start you know, beating right. him to a pelt, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it, just, it happens time and time again. People grab a hold of me and then, you know, people say I'm small for this division, but I grab, they grab a hold of me and I just feel so much stronger than him. I literally throw him, I'm like, you know, I'm so much stronger than this guy. And then I just start pounding away. And it just keeps happening time and time again, even against the guys that are meant to be, you know, the best MMA grapplers, uh, you know, Jeremy Kennedy. Was saying he's the best MMA grappler, and you know, look, look, look what I made him look like. To be honest with you, you know, again, I'm not cocky, but um, it's real. That's it's, it's what's happening time and time again, and don't be surprised if it happens again. But I am ready to put a beating uh, stand standing up, so I'm looking forward to it. Right. Well, I think it's one of those instances where obviously you want to show off your striking ability, but if the fight goes to the ground, you're so dominant there. Why would you not pursue the finish in that realm? Yeah, exactly right. I mean, I'm, I'm the MMA, MMA fighter. See, a lot of people, you know, you hear a lot of people that uh, talk about, oh, yeah, you know, like, stand-up, stand-up's good. But, I mean, if 
if you can absolutely dominate someone in a position, you know, I want to showcase, you know, how much better I am than these people. You know, I'm not going to give, again, like striking, if I'm finding a striker, even though I can, I think I can beat him striking, but when I can make 10, 8 rounds, you know what I mean, and finish them on the ground like with ease and make them look amateurish, you know, I mean, that's really setting statements. You know, I know some of the, you know, the casual fans, you know, might not look at it, but I mean, I know people that know the game, know MMA, really appreciate my ground and pound and, you know, and, you know, that's what that's my thing. So if it goes down there, I feel you know, that's what's going to give me the win. I'll do it. But at the same time, when it's on the feet, I'm always looking to you know, put the lights out. So that's um, that's always always a given. You, if you see me strike, I'm striking to finish every time. Yeah, you know, I've got to tell you, man. Uh, seeing guys like yourself, Khabib Nurmagomedov, with that ground and pound style, it's been nice to see that come back into the fold in mixed martial arts. Uh, ground and pound, obviously something that Mark Coleman had really put on the map. Uh, it was a big deal in the sport for a while. Then it seemed to kind of die out. But now we see that with guys like yourself pursuing the finishes with the ground and pound, getting the finishes. So it's very refreshing to see that. Um, but Darren is probably most well known for being resilient, incredibly hard to put away. He hasn't been finished since 2013, and he's likely going to win an award for the greatest comeback of 2017. Talk to us about fighting a guy that's so durable, and do you think you'll be able to put him away in the fight? Yeah, you'll definitely get the comeback of the year. That was a, that was amazing. I'm a, I'm a fan of what he's done. You know what I mean? I love it. But at the same time, you know, Mercer Bektik, I think it's gonna, you know, be the same sort of way. I think he's gonna. I, I can I can beat him everywhere. And then, but the thing is, you won't see him tire in the end. Where Mercer Bektik tired, and you know, again, I'm a I'm a grinder, but I, I am pretty explosive and I've got all the tools as well so you know I don't just rely on grinding people out so uh, that's you know I mean he's tough I know he's durable at the end of the day if he really does take my damage and I can't put him to sleep you know I mean the ref can only watch so much so yeah look again he's a you know he's a he's a legit fighter so I'm, again I'm going to prepare for a three round war but I honestly think I can finish him and uh, that'll look good look good uh that would be setting a statement if I could finish someone like Darren Elkins. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, getting back to what you were talking about earlier, you know, you've said several times that you're looking to fight the bad guys in the division. However, Darren is pretty much universally liked across the board. Uh, while he may not be that bad guy character that you've been after, I'm sure that you're incredibly pleased to be fighting the number 10 ranked guy in the division. This is a big opportunity for you. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Look, obviously I want the bad guys you know, as, as I say, the bad guys. But, you know, I just want them shit talkers. Again, uh, we probably talked about this previously in other, other chats that, you know, you get a lot of guys that like the trash talk and they just try and, you know, be like that. You know, if I, look, I'll fight whoever. Ranked opponent is, is what I really want. At the end of the day, I want to shoot for these ranks. But if if I can get a, one of them guys to talk a lot of shit as well, mate, that'll, you know, make the beating uh, feel a lot more better. You know, I'm a nice guy. I've got a job to do. But um, if I'm putting a beating on someone that likes to talk shit, even better. But at the same time, you know, I've got a family and winning, you know, beating these top-ranked guys and shooting through and being a champion is going to be very successful and that's how I can look after my family. So that's the main goal. You know, I'm a family man, as I said before, and going out there and, and winning against ranked guys is more important than beating up bad guys. But if that opportunity comes, oh, mate, I'm looking forward to it. Without a doubt. But, you know, staying with this for a moment here, this also lends itself to the kind of guy that Darren is, right? I mean, you and I have discussed how tough it's been for you to get a ranked opponent and for the number 10 guy to take a fight against an unranked powerhouse like yourself, that's a very risky fight for him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's what I mean. Like, he's, a, he's just a... Mate, he's had a hard road. You know what I mean? Like, think of the wins. He's on a 65 streak. I'm almost certain. He's took out, you know, the Mudez. Johnson, you know, Mercer Bektik, and he's still, you know, somehow ranked 10. Like, you know, I, mean, I, thought he, I thought he'd be ranked a bit higher, and I thought he deserves one of these. Mate, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was, like, you know, fighting for number one contender. Like, realistically, I think that's almost what he deserves. But at the same time, I think people are starting to realize that I'm a big threat in this division. So either way, you know, a lot of people, you know, I've seen, like, on Twitter and that a lot of people were like, oh, you know, feeling you know, pretty much sorry for Darren Elkin saying that he deserves someone higher, but in saying that, you know, they're on no mug and they're looking forward to the scrap. But, I mean, that's just how it is. And, again, credit to him. He's an absolute 
beast and, you know, I've got a lot of respect for him. But um, I just believe, you know, it wasn't a smart move on his part. But again, credit to him. Yeah, that segues into my next question perfectly here. I'm wondering, were you at all surprised at how some of the media had reacted to the announcement of this matchup? I had saw a lot of people saying that this is a great fight, but it makes no sense for Elkins. Does that give you any added motivation to go out there and really make a statement on July 14th? Well, you know, yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess it does. But at the at the same time, when you know, I know Sean was uh, asking a few a few people, you know, a few fighters to fight in you know a couple of opportunities. Obviously, you know, that's the thing. A lot of people will sit there and go, "Oh, everyone's scared. Everyone's scared." Like you know, what I mean, you got the same thing with the, the bit thing, there's a bit and all them guys. But you got to realize that these people have. You know they're ranked. Why should you know they're coming off wins and and whatnot? Why do they have to fight someone outside the rankings? And I'm a realist, man. I understand that. And uh, you know, but a lot of people turn down fights so they can fight other ranked opponents, which is just how you know it's just how it is these days. And I totally understand. But you know what I mean? It's again like yeah, I can't wait to go out there. I know a lot of people know I deserve to be in the top ten. I will be there very soon. But, you know, again, they're just looking at it as, oh, you know, Elkins probably deserved that. But in saying that, it's going to be a cracker of a fight. Alex is going to be, you know, you know, I, I'm going, I want to go out there. I'm going to finish him. I'm going to win a couple of fights after that. And then he's going to be, you know, everyone's going to realize, oh, that's, that's why he lost to me. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm going to, yeah, definitely. I'm going to be setting a statement. Absolutely. And I think this is one of those cases where this is your opportunity to really arrive in the division to the masses uh, to the fans outside of Australia, this is your coming out party. Everybody's going to have to take notice after this fight. One hundred percent. This is this is this is a fight that really, really opens up everything. You know, again on this side of the world, you know, even I know I know I got a few few guys in America that support me and know of me and know that I'm the real deal as well. But this side of the world know that I'm the real deal and they, they expect me to take out these top ranks and fight for the title soon. But it, now it's time to, again, against someone like Darren Elkins, go over there in the U.S. is exactly what I wanted. We wanted, we're waiting. Now, I probably could afford a bit earlier, but we wanted a, a ranked fighter in the U.S. That was a goal. So we had a couple of, a, a couple of sort of cards that we were interested in. And this is it. This is, this is my opportunity and I'm, I'm going to take it and I'm going to ride with it. Right. And staying along with that, You've told me several times that you want to compete in the States and continue to build your brand abroad. Finally, with this fight, you get to do just that. Obviously, Idaho isn't exactly a fight city like New York or Las Vegas, but tell us how excited are you to come stateside and finally perform for all the fans here? Yeah, well, yeah, well that's what I mean Like uh, about, you know, I, on this part of the world, everyone knows that I'm, I'm the real deal, but now I get to fight in the U.S., build the brand, you know what I mean, and really branch out. You know, and show people, showcase what I can do in the in the U.S. And that's what I mean by this part, really opening the doors to you know a bigger, wide audience for me. And it's a cracker of a card. Like you know, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know where Boise was before this fight. Or Boise, is a Boise or Boise? <laughs> yeah, it's Boise. Boise, Boise. All right, there you go. So you know what I mean? Like I didn't know the, about the place, but I mean, it's a cracker of a card. We've got we've got a. A very good card, especially for a fight night. So, I mean, I can't wait. And, you know, a lot of people are going to be tuning in, especially on that side of the world. And I just can't wait to take this opportunity and just really do my thing. Yeah, man, you're absolutely correct. This is a big opportunity for you. Can open a lot of doors here with the big win. Uh, but I'm wondering, is this going to be your first trip to the States? And if so, do you plan on bringing any of the family along with you? Um, this is the first. Uh, now I've been a... Uh, the States a couple of times now. So I was there for the retreat. I, I went there for my honeymoon, and uh, when we are fought in like the U.S. countries, like um, and stuff like that. But that's you know maybe a little different. But um, you know what I mean. I'm going to have. A, I'm actually going there with a couple of guys because uh, me and my coach uh, Joe Lopez, we're going to be heading over. Well, I'm doing a bit of my camp over there in New Zealand with um, Easy Dan Hooker and a few of the guys over there. I did last camp as well. And we're going to actually all head up uh, together uh, for Vegas. And that's, I'll be there for two weeks before my flight. You know, I want to adapt to the time, you know, time difference and things like that. And, uh, yes, yeah, so I'll be there two weeks before. And I'll be, you know, I've got a few people. The family, I don't think uh, much of the family's gone. You know, it's a pretty far place to go. And realistically, they've got a very good seat uh, you know, at their home watching it on TV. So right, right. right. They're, they're happy with that. And, you know, 
I guess yeah, money wise as well, a couple of grand just to, well, not even, you know, I mean, you'd, you'd think of thousands of dollars just to watch me fight, which I know it will happen, but when I'm fighting for the title, maybe they can. Right. And not to mention, Boise, Idaho is not exactly a destination that warrants bringing the family over to the States. But you mentioned there that you're going to come over a few weeks early. I was going to ask you that, how early you plan on coming over to adjust to the time difference and all those things, but sounds like you're doing so. But are you going to be training stateside as well? Uh, will that be at the Performance Institute in Vegas? What's the plan there? Yeah, yeah, I'll be doing that. Yeah, I'll train at the Performance Institute. I'll be just train again like it's easy. And Dan Hooker are both fighting on that week, so at the on that weekend as well, so international right. fight week. So I'll be there training with the boys. I've got a couple of um, so we're going to have a couple of training partners there. It's going to be a good crew. And again, we've got the Performance Institute to do our thing. We've got the facilities there on the roof. So I've been looking forward. I wanted to fight America so I could use that. Even though I'm not fighting Vegas, I still get to use the facilities. So I'm laughing. So it's going to be good, man. I can't wait. It's going to be you know, a big week. And while I'm dieting and cutting weight, mate, it's going to be it's going to be good. You know what I mean? I won't get to eat, but I mean, there's going to be plenty to see. I'm going to get my training in. Get to watch some fights. That's one way to get in your zone and not worry about eating. So I can't wait. Absolutely. And like we're talking about here, the fight week itself, International Fight Week, always a lot of events, very exciting stuff. Big week for the UFC and for the sport of mixed martial arts. But like we've been saying all along here, you know, this is a great opportunity for you to break into the rankings, build that momentum towards the title without looking past Darren in the slightest here. Does a big win on July 14th, does that set you up for a top five guy before the end of the year, in your opinion? Again, I, I want to set a statement. If I, and if I can, you know, I believe I can make it look easy again. Nothing to, to Darren Elkins. I know he's a gun, like I said, but, you know, I'm not disrespecting him at all, but I just believe in my abilities that I can still do what I've been doing the last opponents. Again, I haven't lost a round in the UFC. I'm, you know, there's plenty of 10-8 rounds in my fights. I'm looking to set a statement if I can put a big finish on, depending on the finish, you know what I mean? That's, that's you know, it's a different uh, sort of way how things work now, you know what I mean? Like, the, you could be one big knockout away from, you know, a title fight even, you know what I mean? It just depends. So I'm ready to showcase and highlight real finish. And, yeah, I'll be looking to fight someone even, even ranked higher. All right, man. And listen, as a longtime fan of mixed martial arts, I got to say I'm very excited to finally see you compete in the United States, put on a show for all the fans here. In conclusion, brother, tell us how you visualize this matchup playing out and give us a prediction for the fight if you have one. Yeah, uh, man, I'm just going to go out there. I'm, I honestly think that it's, I'm going to, you know, put a, put a beating on, on him. On the feet, you know, again, I'm sounding a little disrespectful, but this is what I believe. I think I'm going to pick a lot of shots. You know, he does take a lot of damage in his fights, and I believe I've, you know, I've got enough skills to do that. And, and, you know, his takedowns and all that, he's got really good wrestling. But again, when it comes to MMA wrestling and all that type of stuff, I just believe I'm on another level. So, and he will not find me out. And I honestly think I'm getting the finish in the first uh, two rounds, just purely through, through power. You know, not, not saying his chin's uh Getting away from him, I just think, uh, yeah, knowing him the division, once I really put my hands on someone, you know what I mean, especially on the stand-up, I reckon I'm one of the hardest hitters, hardest hitters in the division. So I'm ready to prove that. So I believe I can get it, uh, take him out in the first couple of rounds. All right, man. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to it. Always a pleasure to speak with you, Alex. Greatly appreciate your time this morning. Have a great training camp, my friend, and hopefully we can catch up before July 14th, before the fight takes place. Uh, before we let you go, though, any shout-outs or sponsor plugs you'd like to get in? Yeah, Summer Cross Industries, quick shout-out to them. Uh, Unibet and uh, Engage and uh, Muscle Meals. I'll give them all a shout-out. Thanks for the support and everyone else for the support, even the you know, people in the U.S. I've got a lot of people uh, in to watch me over there. I'm going to even have some guys living over there that are going to watch. So shout-out to you guys. Can't wait to put us on a show. See you in Boise. You got to say that right, Boise. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Boise. Right. Boise. I was out of Boise. All right, again, my friend, always a pleasure to speak with you. Very much looking forward to the fight. Can't wait for July 14th. You have a wonderful morning down under, and uh, we'll catch up again before the fight, my man. Thank you very much for the time today. No worries. Thanks again for having me. All right, bud. Later, man. You guys heard us really drill at home there, but this truly is such a big opportunity for Alex. The chance to fight in front of fans in the States 
fight a guy like Darren Elkins in the top 10, an incredibly tough guy who's very well known amongst the hardcore fans at least. A dominant win over Darren Elkins not only puts him into the top 10, but it also puts him into the discussion for guys that could be fighting for the title early 2019, mid-2019. If Alex can get one more fight in, he could possibly break into the top five, and we could be having that conversation by the end of this year. So again, huge opportunity for Alex, very much looking forward to the fight. Now, speaking of guys that'll be in the conversation for the title picture in 2019, this next guest, you can bet your bottom dollar is going to be in that conversation as well in the light heavyweight division. Coming off yet another first-round stoppage in the UFC, this brings him to three first-round stoppages in his UFC career. Again, the future of the light heavyweight division, good friend of the show, the devastator himself, Dominic Reyes. As I said earlier, we're going to recap the win over Jared Cannonier down in Chile at UFC Santiago over the weekend. We're going to talk about what's next, what his plans are for the remainder of the year, who he'd like to face, and a whole lot more. This is BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice. Coming up next, Dominic Reyes. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show. Coming off yet another sensational first-round finish in Chile over the weekend against Jared Cannonier, the devastator himself, Dominic Reyes. Pleasure, as always, to have you back on the show, Dom. I'm assuming you've made it uh, back home now? Yeah, I'm back home. It's a pleasure to be back on the show, um, back in California. Very good, very good. So first off, man, congratulations on yet another amazing win. That brings you to 3-0 and in the UFC, all first-round finishes. It doesn't get much better than that, my man. How happy are you with the win? Oh, static. And like you said, it doesn't get much better than that. Three first-round finishes in the UFC. I don't know who or if that's ever been done, but I'm trying to make it as possible <laughs> right 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 keep that trend going that is for sure uh walk us through the finish you know you caught him clean with the uppercut coming in then you swarmed him doubled up on the head kicks went to the body you dropped him the ref stopped the fight uh was that just another day at the office or was there anything uh something that you knew you'd catch jared with specifically coming in um yeah i, I initially watching film i knew the uppercut would be there um He's a shorter guy, and uh, it just the way he comes in with his overhands, I saw the uppercut there. I knew it would be dangerous because if it doesn't land, he's landing. So it was, it was all about timing and really uh, getting his, his, his uh, rhythm. And then once I got his rhythm and his timing, that's when I, I did it. But, yeah, it was, it was pretty much another day in the office, man, showing up. You've seen what looks he's going to give me and then uh, adjusting based off of that. Well, it certainly didn't take you much time, man, that is for sure. Uh, as always, everything looked on point. The head movement was impressive. Cobra Kai never dies, my man. Cobra Kai never dies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, was, was Joe in your corner for this one? Unfortunately, I only got to see the highlight. Yeah, he was in my corner, um, and my brother, and then my, my midman, Nietzsche. Cool, very good, very good. So, Jared was clearly unhappy with the stoppage. Uh, I'm sure you've had a chance to watch the watch your handiwork a few times over now. What did you think? Should the ref have let it go a bit longer? Um, if I was Jared, I would have been mad initially, too. But uh, from my perspective, and then from Mark's perspective, he was on uh, skates for a good while there. And every time I connected, it put him even further on skates. So if you watch it in like slow motion or real time, you'll, you'll see that he's hurt. And he's not answering back. He's just taking shot after shot. And then he finally goes out. Um, I thought it was a good stoppage. Me personally, like I said, I would have been mad initially, but then watching the fight, I would have been, you know, thankful to not get unnecessary punishment, you know, after I'm already knocked out. Right. And that's kind of how that goes usually, right? I mean, a guy gets dropped, he gets right back to his feet, protests the stoppage. But at the end of the day, when you go back and look at the film, you've got to agree with the referee's decision. Absolutely. Okay. So... Like a true professional that you are, man, you went in there, you shook his hand after the fight. What uh, what did he say to you there? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on this show. Absolutely. Uh, he said, uh, hey, man, good job, but fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no way, that's what he said. Yeah, and I was like, all right, man, I respect that for sure. Wow. Okay, so... 
I mean, you got to give him the benefit of the doubt after just getting finished, but it sounds like he's a little salty on that one. Well, no, I mean, it's, I mean, we just fought, you know, it's one of those things, you know, we put everything into this, uh, you know, uh, and losing, you know, getting knocked out, it's kind of like, you know, F you, man, but good job. I, it's, I respect that. Yeah, I was going to say, so you don't take any offense to that? That's just kind of... No, it, it wasn't in an offensive way or anything like that. It was just like, you know, being a, being a competitor, you know, I would feel the same way. I'd be like, man, fuck you, but you won, so good job. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just how it is. Right, right. Now, I know you, I've asked you this before, but, but when you're finishing these guys so quickly, I mean... Obviously, you want to go in there, get the early finish, get out of there and collect the check, but do you at all wish that someone is going to challenge you a bit more, or is that just going to come uh, with time as you progress up the ranks? Uh, yeah, I guess that'll come with time. I was honestly, I, in the interview before, I told you I was hoping that his chin would hold up and you know I'd get to you know really do some different things out there, but it just didn't happen that way. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I can, I'm continuing to you know take tough fights and find the guys you know, that's going to push me to the next level and really make me have to dig deep for it. Um, it helps to be able to dig deep and practice all the time and, and go to that dark, uh, deep water. But I, I would like to test it in, the, in a fight. But if I don't have to, then heck yeah. But <laughs> if not, then, then not. Right. Well, it's one of those things, like, as a professional athlete, you want to be tested. But at the same time, if you can go your whole career finishing guys in the first round, you're going to take that as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, there's nothing, there's no better way for it to go. Like, no, no matter what scenario you put in your head, there's nothing, there's nothing better than finishing in the first round. Absolutely. Now, speaking of collecting checks, man, there were so many finishes on the card. It must be a bummer to not get that bonus when you finish a guy in the first in the way you did. Yeah, it's definitely a bummer, man. Uh, I'm still on the rookie contract, so it's, it would help a lot. But it is what it is, you know. Right. I mean, right. All, I, all I can do is just keep doing what I'm doing, and those, those first-round finishes mean something come negotiation time. Absolutely, absolutely. How many fights do you have left on your contract? Um, I believe one. Right, well, hey, man, another first-round finish, impressive fashion like that. You'll have a lot more to go to the bargaining table with, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, Honestly, man, it's just it's just so fun going out there and being able to do this and perform. Like, I was I was relaxed. I was confident. I was, I was nervous. But at the end of the day, I was having fun. So that's all you could ask for. Absolutely. And I got to say, man, for a guy that's, you know – you don't have a a long career in the professional realm like some of the these other guys will, but your composure level, I mean, it's it's that of a champion already. I mean, it, I'm sure everybody sees that in the gym, but do you think that uh, the, maybe the guys in the division are finally starting to take notice that you are that guy to keep your eye on? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Def, I'm definitely not one you want to take lightly or look past. You know, I. I from going forward, I expect to get the best from guys. Like I feel like that was the best Jared Cannonier we've seen in a while. To be honest with you, like did you see the shape he was in? Yeah, he looked good, man. <laughs> he was in ridiculous shape, and honestly, I feel I'll be getting that going forward. You know, the best from guys, and that's what I hope for. To be honest with you, this way I could get the toughest tests, and there's no excuses after the fight. Right, and that goes back to finally getting a guy that's going to challenge you in there. Exactly. Right, right. So tell us about the experience of Chile, man. I know you said that you typically uh, try to enjoy the enjoy the city and the culture on fight week. Uh, what did you think of Santiago? Santiago was a cool city. The architecture there was uh, was very nice. Um, a lot of different styles of architecture was really, really pretty cool. A uh, really big city. A lot, a lot of people in that city. Um, but everybody was very nice and accommodating we had questions people had answers and it, they would do the best you know to if we had uh direction issues people would take us there themselves so good people uh the crowd was amazing i mean they were they were cheering they were clapping they would stay quiet you know it was if you got out of a takedown or took someone down they would clap if there was a big punch they would cheer and then and then they would get raucous and rowdy when during finishing sequences so it was like the ideal crowd. They they were educated on on 
Yeah, you make a great point there. They kind of had a little bit of everything, you know, that Japanese style of being quiet during some points, cheering at others. You make a great point there. But uh, in, in regards to the noise, you know, uh, I, the announcers there were, were talking about how uh, th- it was one of the loudest crowds they had ever been around. Did it feel the same way to you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I compare that to Oklahoma City, because I was on the main card at Oklahoma City as well. So, like, it was, like, filled at that time. And I think the way that uh, Santiago is built, I don't know if it holds more people, but the acoustics in there were crazy. Like, it was echoing. It was super loud. Super, super loud. It was the loudest I've been in so far. Wow. Well, hopefully hopefully it only gets louder as you progress through your career, man. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I love the crowds, man. I love the energy that they bring. So, the more the more the merrier absolutely and you definitely put on a great show for the fans so there's there's no doubt they'll continue to cheer for you but looking ahead what, what's next man i'm sure your team is is going to be looking for a ranked opponent next any idea who makes sense for you or when you'd like to get back in there yeah um like i said after the fight i, I would like to fight jordan johnson he is ranked i don't know if he's going to be ranked after this week because i might bump him out but right um i don't know my manager wants me to look forward. You know, he, he thinks Jer, uh, Jordan's a little bit behind me now. But we'll see. We'll see, man. Well, yeah, you know, I I, I know the uh, that, that fight makes sense to you, but I, I personally feel like maybe uh, Misha Serkinov or a Corey Anderson, I don't think either one of them has a dance partner right now. Those would make a lot of sense. Uh, either of those matchups interest you, or, or are you looking uh, more from a standpoint of stack them up and you'll knock them down, whoever it may be? Um, it's kind of a little bit of everything right now. Um, I'm, I'm still kind of processing it. Um, I, I have an idea of what I want and, uh, I guess we'll see what the UFC has in mind as well. Cause you know, we got, we got to meet and, you know, get on the same page about what's next going forward. But all those sound like, you know, good opponents, man. I, I I'm, I'm reaching a point in my career where it doesn't matter who's in front of me. So, right. And the, it- and the priority here is that you get a ranked guy, right? Exactly. Yeah, we're we're finding a ranked guy next. That's 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 as far as I know. Okay. I know you're not the type to call guys out, but I mean, honestly, man, if you could handpick an opponent right now for your next fight, who would it be? Jordan Johnson. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sticking with it, completely understand, man. Uh, yeah, there's, there's there's a few things, you know. One, he was talking trash. Two. He is a wrestler, and that's pretty much all he's good at. And people want to see me fight a wrestler, so that would make sense. Um, and, yeah, we're both from California. Well, we both train in California, at least, and I think the L.A. card would be perfect for that. So, so you, I mean, obviously the fans in this sport are they're either awesome or they're terrible, but... It sounds to me like the the consensus is everybody wants to see you fight a wrestler. They think that would be the challenge for you at this point. Yeah, I think that's what people think. They not they just don't know. I'm I'm a guy that they just don't know. I know, but they don't know. Right. I'm actually better at grappling than I am at striking, but they don't know that. Well, just another opportunity to 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 show the world what you're all about, man. Very good, very good. So, considering all the hard work you've put in this in in thus far, man, you know, for this year, you going to take any time off to relax, or or uh, or are you already back in the gym? Um, I'm going to Hawaii next week, so I'm going to rest. I'm, you know, I'm going to take that time off. I haven't really done a real vacation in like three years, so this will be my first vacation to just not worry about anything and just hang out and chill. Cool, man. Cool. So headed to Hawaii, man. When are you doing that? On Sunday. Awesome, awesome. What uh, what island? Maui. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Always wanted to go there since I was a kid, so I could finally make it happen for myself. Right. That that's a beautiful thing, man. All of the all of the hard work, all that accumulates into uh into being able to do the things that you dream of. It's very cool stuff to see happen, man. Yeah, man. It's it's super cool. It's exactly what i'm working for you know right right well like i've said man several times in the past uh and everybody seems to agree with this you are the future of the division 
I, I think that we see you break into the top 10 before the year's end, challenge for the title next year. I'm sure you feel like everybody at light heavyweight is finally taking notice. And if not, they'd be pretty foolish, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I agree with all, all of that, everything you just said. All right, man. <laughs> very good, very good. So in conclusion, man, give us the plan for the rest of the year. Tell all the Devastator fans out there what they can expect. And uh, I guess uh, campaign for that uh, for the fight with um, Jordan Johnson. All right. Uh, rest of the year, you're going to see me probably fight two more times this year. Um, both of them are going to be exciting. I come out to fight every time. You guys know that. And, uh, yeah, thanks for following me. Give me a follow on Instagram at Dom Reyes, on Twitter at Dom Reyes 24 uh, thanks to my team at Cobra Kai, uh, Stein Chiropractic, the guys at uh, the Performance Institute, uh, Nate Smock over at Landau Performance, uh, Nutrition Edge, and my friends and family. Love you guys. And my fans, uh, stay with me. There's going to be highs, there's going to be lows, but stay with me. We're going to be champ. Oh, it's all high so far, man. I'm certainly looking forward to all the future has in store for you. It's been awesome to watch this unfold as it has so far. And uh, I hope we get to catch up once a fight gets announced. I hope you have a great time in Hawaii, man. Enjoy the hard work, or, you know, the time off from all the hard work. Much, much deserved. And uh, you have a wonderful evening, my friend. Thanks a lot, man. Talk to you later, Jason. All right, brother. All right, peace. Later. I say it a lot on this show because we talk to so many up-and-comers. But, man, if you're not on board or on the train with Dominic Reyes yet, you better get on board now. Because that kid is coming for the title. Incredibly talented. Great work ethic. Great team behind him. The sky is the limit for Dominic. I truly believe that. And always a pleasure to speak with him. Have him on the show. But let's keep it moving like we always do. Another up and coming guy. 5-0 in his mixed martial arts career. Set to compete for a second time on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. His nickname is The Extraordinary Gentleman. And a gentleman he is indeed. Coming up next, BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice, Bavon Lewis. All right, Penn Nation, please welcome to the show undefeated pro MMA athlete who is set to make his second appearance on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series on July 10th, the extraordinary gentleman himself, Bavon Lewis. What's going on, Bavon? How is life at Jackson Wink today, man? Man, life at Jackson Wink is pretty smooth today. I cannot complain. You know, I... I said it, you know, many times. It's uh, it's always a tough day, but you look forward to it. You got those same chills, those same nerves, but you know, I look forward to it. Right, a room full of killers, as always, down there. Truly, one of the best camps in the game, and it must feel pretty awesome to be a part of that. It does. Uh, it's rarely I get, you know, you get to, people get to wake up in the morning and say they're living a dream. You know, I actually am living a dream as a fighter. You know, as a fighter, come up and come and fight. I'm living a dream as far as training. You know, and in Albuquerque, you know, it's a small place, but you know, it depends on how you look at it. You know, because there's a different set of eyes. You know, experiences are definitely bigger than you know some other cities. For sure, man, I can relate. I can relate. You know, I grew up in Rhode Island. It's the smallest state in the in the country, but at the same time, it's got a lot of lot to offer. And unless you've been here, you, you'd never know. So. I can totally relate, man. But listen, let's waste no time. You were on Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series last season. You got the second round TKO. Uh, now, while you weren't awarded that initial contract, you were given a developmental deal. Can you explain to us what that deal looks like and how happy are you with that deal? I'm actually very happy with that deal. You know, at first, uh, you know, going in, you get a knockout, you're like, ah, oh, man, I want, I want to get on a big show. But then you take a step back and you really look at it as a true mixed martial artist and you think, all right, maybe I am ready, but at the same time, let's let's just keep going through this process. But uh, that um, developmental program, what I I like to look at it as a scholarship. You know, they they really helped me out. You know, being you know a lot of starting out in MMA, you know, a lot of the fighters aren't. You know, they're going through the struggle. This is anybody else, so I'll be preaching to the choir if I was to tell you, you know, you broke and stuff like that. But, but but for sure that that uh, developmentally is something I haven't heard too many people on it and uh, honestly I feel blessed I'm happy to be on it be one of the first of many I think, to get on it too. 
So, so basically, it's like you're on your way to the big leagues, but they're moving you along incrementally. Does that sound accurate? Right. Yeah, pretty much. I'm that, I'm that top. I like to look at I'm that top E1, E1, whatever you want to look at, wrestler or football player. You know, I'm just, I'm at that level to where they still, you know, you know, a few more fights would definitely put me on, you know, put me in check to having a good career in the UFC. Absolutely. And it must feel pretty good to know that Dana White and the UFC see all that potential in you and, and want to build you up the right way. Right. Exactly. You know, I don't want to go to UFC and have a couple fights good and then a few fights bad and then I'm out on, you know, I'm out on my ass and I have to do it again. You know, I want to get there, stay there. I choose when I leave, you know. Absolutely. And, you know, I talk to a lot of fighters about this, especially up and coming guys. It feels like sometimes you're pushed into the big fights too quickly and, and things progress too quickly when in reality sometimes you need maybe your coaches or the promotion, whoever it may be. Somebody needs to tell you kind of to step back and build this thing up slowly so that when you get to the top, you're ready for the top. And uh, I think this is kind of an instance like that. Yeah, I really agree. I mean, without, without the team, you know, and I, you know, I have a, a fam, a good uh, support base back at home and stuff like this. So they definitely are looking out, but, but they don't know MMA too well. I'm at a gym to where it's been a, these guys been around in the game from the beginning, and they're still going, you know, still going hard right now. And the sport isn't even as big as it could be, you know. And uh, you know, looking back, you know, not looking back, but you know, years down the line, people are gonna look back, and then you know, I'll be definitely a pioneer of. For sure, and and like you said, man, it's kind of one of those instances where this hasn't really been done yet, but in the future it will be, and and like you said, you will be a pioneer of that, so very cool stuff. But you're coming off this uh, win over Colin Huckbody at LFA 48. Just give us a recap of that fight, man. Man, uh, in that fight, I definitely wanted to put him out. I really, really wanted to get rid of him. I didn't feel like, uh, you know, as fighters, we definitely showed each other that respect but I do believe that I was I I am at a different level than he was. I didn't see I honestly didn't feel like I put that you know, I could I did I don't feel like I put that in the people's minds, but I will it will be a different look come July tenth. Uh calling her buddy again. I after I realized that the fight wasn't going my way, I just found a way to put it in crease and try completely shut it you know, trying to shut him down as best as I could and still get out with the dub. So it was one of those one of those situations where you really wanted the finish, but at the same time you can't go chasing it for sake of making sure that you get the W. Right, you know, young in the game, but I try to stay, I try and stay, uh, keep my, you know, keep my wits, stay wide, not jump the gun too much. I thought it's sad scene. you know, like we were talking earlier, you said that you know some guys want to keep fighting, jump early, on, but you know, jump early into uh, you know the higher experience, and I do believe there is levels to it. You know, if you're smart, you'll have a great career. And if you have the right people behind you, definitely have a really successful career. Um, I definitely, I'm, I'm more of a, I don't like to sit back and watch, but I definitely do find a lot of success in how I've been going about it. Uh, don't like taking close to a year off, but I do believe one, if I get a good win, I want to go back and look, look on what could I could, what I could have done better or stuff like, you know, things like, like that. Um, you know, just keep. Keep growing. I'm sure we all want. We all want to keep growing. We all want, but we all want to fight at the same time. You know? Absolutely, man. And I think that you definitely sound wise beyond your years. And I'm sure that that lends itself to, like you said, the people you're surrounded with, the team you're with, uh, all of those things. Uh, are certainly incredibly beneficial to a guy coming up in your position. So, uh, you know, hats off to you there, man. I mean, you, it sounds like you already have that that true veterans mentality about this game, and that's only going to benefit you going forward. But uh, looking ahead now, you're slated to face Alton Cunningham on July 10th. What can you tell us, if anything, about your opponent? Alton Cunningham, what is he, guys? So I'd say he's from Minnesota, right? Uh, he had good striking. I think that's what his highlights are. His eyes is striking. That's what's on display. Um, what else I know about him? Now I'm honestly, probably, I know his body as much as him. He knows about me. You know, five and zero. We're still pretty young in the game, but you know, going towards this contender series, I feel like I'm coming back. I have, you know, I have that. I want to look at it as a, um, 
advantages, but I do feel like a lot now. I've been there before. Definitely experienced. Uh, it's it's a definitely it's, it's a different setting from what we are accustomed to, and I uh, just take that as a, an advantage and use it to the best of my ability. Yeah, it definitely seems just the setting alone of the Tuesday Night Contender Series. You know how intimate it is having your family there. That's got to be a really different experience from competing in, say, the LFA. Yeah, LFA was def- so I would say Contender Series was a bigger show. But then when you look at, at the last LFA I was on, that was a pretty big show. The, the venue was beautiful downtown Minneapolis. The, everything was just it was going on at, at such a great time. You know, the weather was really good. So it felt it felt pretty large. It was pretty large, actually. I'm not going to front. It, it was a large show for me. Right, right. <laughs> now, uh, now you know, talking about uh, Alton, and, and uh, it kind of seems to me like, obviously, this is a big opportunity for him to prove himself. But at the same time, you're the guy who's already been there. This is a huge opportunity for you. It, it, there's a lot on the line for each of you guys, but at the same time, you feel like the guy who clearly more deserving of the opportunity to be into the UFC. Probably 20, 24. He's pretty young. I was in a situation at one time, but deserving or undeserving, I'm just going there to <laughs> be honest. We come in here to fight. I come in here to crack his skulls, you know, crack his skull, beat him up, do what I got to do to get the win. You know, I don't feel like it, him being deserving of it or myself being deserving and not have anything to do with it. I came to touch buzz and go. It's just what he's trying to do. And I think that's what he's trying to do. Right. Now, with another win here, I know we've talked a bit about the de- uh, the developmental deal, but w- with the win here, is the UFC contract guaranteed to you? Um, That's another thing that I don't know how, you know, I really don't know how Dan White operates or who he, who, who, who he uh, has operating system, but I would really, I believe that is a really good chance that I'm going to be in the UFC this, this year. Right. Hopefully fighting before the year is out. Right, so this is a culmination of hard work, dedication, all of that paying off. If all goes to plan, you'll be a UFC athlete this summer. Yes, sir. Awesome, man. Awesome. So listen, for everybody that's not familiar with you, tell us about your background. You know, how did you get into MMA? What drives you as a martial artist? Um, I never, well, when I, initially when I started MMA, I didn't, I didn't look at the martial arts side. I was just like, yeah, kick, punch, takedowns around the town. That's how I thought. I walked into a gym, a little hole in the wall, Georgia Fight Club, uh, back in uh, 2009, and I wanted to get in shape because I wanted to just look good, you know. At 18, <laughs> something else was on my mind. On my mind. <laughs> yeah, going there to get <laughs> going there to get get in shape, and I end up the only reason why I even stayed is because I was too sick to move. I worked out once strength and conditioning class and that was before the MMA uh, the MMA program gets started which was like an hour and a half later so I really sat on the chair contemplating whether I was going to get somebody to call an ambulance and trying not to freak out Wow! <laughs> and I ended up sitting in sitting in and watching this tie class go on and this uh, MMA class go on and this my first coach Monte Chapman uh, he he told me to you know, just try it out, and I said no. And then the way he the way he presented it is like I didn't have a choice. So I got up. He showed me a few things to what I was going to need, so I wouldn't get hurt. And from there, the rest is man, the rest is just been consistent. I have to learn how to get consistent, and I learned what it really took. And it's still, I could I didn't even know exactly what it took to get in the cage until I went into the cage and got my ass with. So you know. It was one of those things was just learning and like, you know, I think, I guess, life, man, experience, man. When you experience something, that was a decision. I was like, should I go back or like, what, what should I do? And after my first fight as an amateur, you know, I'm sure it's, uh, I lost that one. And I still want to do it because I didn't think I should have lost. Even though I never had a fight, even though I didn't have a, 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 a bad, I wasn't, I had an athletic background, but I didn't have anything that tailored me for this sport that I was going into. And, you know, I said, yeah, I'll go in there again. And, you know, being, you know, so young and I didn't understand, like, it's definitely all mental. I mean, I'm sure you know that it's all mental. And uh, once you learn to stay consistent and stay true to yourself, well, that's how I, 
how I came up. I stay consistent, stay true to myself. And... So it's not, it sounds like initially you were a little bit reluctant. Yeah, it was. It was. It was definitely. Uh, I mean, who, who? You see a lot of people, and I, I think I was one of them. Like, who can get in the ring and get punched in the face? <laughs> right. And I am one of those guys. It's a weird thing. It's a, it's a challenge. It's the adrenaline. You know, you could also say you can. It's um, the challenge itself. Be the bigger guy, the bigger man, the number one at the time. Um, and then later on, I start seeing the martial arts side of it, and it's still I still want to be the number one, the bigger man. But there's definitely a martial arts side of it. You know, everybody needs needs to have that outlet and stuff like that. And if you you know, hopefully what I'm saying, it gives anybody a, an idea of what, a, you know, what I'm talking about or it's not even to MMA or to anything else. You know, just definitely you got to find a love for whatever you do. And I love this sport. Yeah, I think that regardless of, of how you get into it, at one point or another, to be a professional athlete in this sport at your level, you have to fall in love with it at some point. Even if, even if that love fades and you eventually start to hate it, that love will come back. I, I think that... You know, you see that with every fighter at one point in their career that they're going to hate it a bit, but at the same time, you do have to love this game to be involved in it. Yes, sir. All right, so obviously with so many great guys on your team, and you have plenty of people to draw inspiration from. Uh, who has inspired you most in this game so far? Um, I'm going to – so Holly Holm is definitely a, a big experience. If we're going to talk about, you know, the level that you want to get to, Holly Holm. John Jones, I'm sure you know of the two, you know, those two are the big names that's at the gym, Carlos Condit. But who I who I really did is a Will Santiago, he's actually fighting on the contender series as well. That guy, you know, he's been through a lot. Not my story to tell, but if you listen to him or if anyone listens to him, if they ever had the time to listen to him, he gotta say and see what he what he went through and what he's doing now compared to what he was doing before. You know, there's definitely inspiration. He's a bad motherfucker. I mean, sorry, he's a bad dude. No, no, you can swear, man. We're we're not PG-13 here. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, you know, he's a bad motherfucker, and uh, I respect him to the fullest, and I wish him nothing but the best in life. Yeah, I'll tell you, man, I, I talk about this all the time on the show, but the sport is all about characters and stories. And when you see guys like that that have inspirational stories or came from a tough background or whatever the case is, I mean, the characters in this sport are really what drives the fans to uh, be so hardcore uh, towards all of these athletes. Yeah, yeah. So I would agree with you, man. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's because I'm in the sport, so I hear so much about it, but I do – I haven't met the fans that for another sport like that I have for MMA because everybody is there's team you know you have your gyms and then there's the, it's the solo you're in their solo so when you keep stats and you keep track of these guys in, you know their personal life and you know their sport life you get addicted to you and you want to know what, what's next for them right? I mean we're pretty much entertainers right absolutely absolutely and at the end of the day, the fans drive the sport, so it's cool to hear a young up-and-comer like yourself, you know, give all the credit to, to the fans in that regard. But, you know, you mentioned John Jones there, man. All the comparisons between you and John Jones. I know you've said that, you know, you do look to emulate him in, in a lot of ways, but do you get a chance to work with him at all in the gym? Oh, for sure. He's, he's, he's available to whoever, you know, whoever he feels needs to help or, you know, deserves to help out. I don't really know how he operates, but I've worked with him a few times, and it, you know it's a lot compared to you know one minute year deciding whether you should stay one place or take take the journey across the state. So to work with him is definitely a big deal to me. You know, it doesn't matter what anybody says; it's a big deal to me. I appreciate that. You know, it's a blessing to me, and I'm gonna continue working with him as long as he got the you know the work to give. Absolutely, man. And, you know, being arguably the greatest of all time, there aren't many better options for an up-and-comer like yourself to try to emulate. So, you you know, I think that I think that you're on the right track there. But I'm wondering how much of how much of is that is like more about the coaching at Jackson Winkle, John? I feel like they've always embraced the creativity of their athletes. It's amazing, isn't it? They, it's, you know, you don't get two people that look the same in there. You know, as much as they can compare me to John or other guys to 
Carlos or anything like that. Everybody has their own you know, their, their unique style. There's a couple bases that we all learn from, and I, I guess people will be able to see that throughout the sites. You know, if you watch, you know, a couple teammates fight, you, you'll be able to see oh, what what we thrive at and what we like to do and stuff like that. But no one is exactly, exactly the same. I think that's what makes. No, I I know that's what makes this gym the best, and I know that's what makes it so hard to actually you know to get that one over somebody in the gym it is so hard and you look at that and no one has that ego or anything like that no one has that ego and um man it's all love it's all love and competition you don't want to beat the guys up in the gym you want to beat the guys up outside the gym where it counts where it matters right right but you know, again, I, I just feel like you watch everybody from that gym, and you watch the the stuff. Like you said, Carlos, John. I mean, you could go down the list. I, I do greatly appreciate how much they embrace the creativity because you see in so many other gyms in this sport. I mean, boxing, Muay Thai, you name it. Everything gets so robotic at some points, and you know, you, you, yeah, it, really, it does. It gets boring too. And then you get these guys out of here, and then they do something amazing, and it starts to trend. I believe we are. But this gym here have some of the best trendsetters. You know, we had the most consistent trendsetters here as, as far as a move or, I don't know, maybe a lifestyle or something like that. True, I true. do believe that. And the coaches really do embrace it, like, like you said. They embrace it. They encourage you to do it. They don't, you don't do anything simple. Right. And, and, anything and simple. Or it, I was just going to say, and again, going back to, you know, the characters of this sport, you know, you really do need that individuality to stand out and, I think that's very, very important. So, you know, kudos to that team for always embracing that. But uh, moving on here, man, I know you've said that you want to be champion. Anybody in the sport should have that same mindset, in my opinion. But as far as immediate goals go for you, what are your plans for 2018, early 2019? I want to find the UFC before the 2018 is over, and I want to open up 2019 with another win in the UFC. So... Um, Championship. I've always said champion. I never said it as much as I always said legend. I'm trying to be that living legend, that still active legend. I think I said that a few times. That's my goal. So you get the win in the summer, fight again in the promotion before the end of the year, and then start off 2019 right with another win. Yes, sir. All right, cool, man. Listen, it's it, been an absolute pleasure to speak with you. I certainly look forward to the fight. All the future has in store for in, in for you. Uh, I hope we can catch up when the when the fight gets a little closer. In conclusion, man, how do you visualize the sophomore appearance on the Contender Series playing out? And uh, do you have a prediction? So pretty much, whenever we, we fly out to Vegas, we touch down. Game face on already, but we're still trying to have fun. We have the way in. We do actually. Weigh-ins is my favorite part, but we do the weigh-ins. We see each other about, wake up in the morning, have a good meal. We run it back on the contender series, or at least I run it back in the contender series, and I look for the, definitely look for the finish, but I'm not sure which round. I mean, it's only like seven weeks to figure that out. If we, if we talk again, I have a, I have a more definite answer for you. Right, right. It's a little early for that, but real quick, man, your favorite part is the weigh-in? My favorite part is the win. Wow, what, what can you can you elaborate on that a bit more? Is it just you know that first time of looking into your opponent's eyes, or do you enjoy the weight well, cut? Yeah, I get to, I get to look I get to look at him. I mean, to me, the weight cut is not that hard. I mean, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm on U I'm still in U eighty five. Most of my career was at seventy, and moving up, uh, I don't have to cut that much weight. I have a lot of energy. I'm always happy at the. I'm not even gonna say happy. <laughs> I'm cool with the weight. I'm, I'm cool with the weight. Uh, it's not, the fight is not even until after that, so there's no reason to to look at that. For that moment, we stare we stare at each other right before, you know, after we win and stuff like that. That that's the part that I really look forward to. Yeah, it can always change the next day. You know, he may look sour, you know, like a sourpuss the one time, and he looks ready to go the next time. But I think we all ready to go at that at that point. But yeah, wins is my favorite. Uh, it's just something about it. Uh, can't really put the word on it, but definitely that good part. Wow, that's cool, man. I think that's the first time I've ever heard that. So kudos to you, man, for being the one of the first guys I've interviewed that says you enjoy the way in. That's awesome. Cool. Thank you. All right, listen, again, man, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, looking forward to the fight. And, and, again, I hope we can catch up again soon. Any shout-outs or sponsor plugs you'd like to get in before we let you go? Yeah, 
Um, I think it's, I, I, I like to give a shout out to the coaches, all the coaches at Jackson League. Everybody puts in their work for the students. You know, they do they do their job and more. You know, they're all active in your life. Um, then I got my younger brother, you know, the up and coming professional fighter at 145, LeVon Lewis. Give him a shout out every day. He got my back every day, every camp since 2009, and that is all. All right, man, and real quick, where can everybody find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at B-Z-O-N-K-L. Some people call it Bovanko. Uh, I think all my name, all my social media trend, trend off of that. So Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook is just my name. I recently started a fan page on that to help me you know, get the following that I need to you know, get that, you know, get the success. All right, very good, man. Cool. Yeah, and uh, again, I appreciate you too, man. Thanks for uh, giving me that call, taking the time out. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. It, again, a great conversation. I look forward to the next one. You have a wonderful evening, my friend. You too, bro. All right, buddy. Thank you. So make sure you guys tune in. Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, July 10th. Watch Bavon Lewis take on Alton Cunningham. Hopefully get himself a deal with the UFC. Moving on from that exclusive developmental contract into the big leagues, and we'll see all the potential that he has moving forward. But alas, my friends, this is the end of the episode, BJPenn.com Radio, The Fighter's Voice, episode 81. It was a pleasure to be here with you guys, as always. I hope you enjoyed the conversations we had with each of these athletes. BJPenn.com forward slash MMA News. Make sure you bookmark us, follow us on social media, stay up to date. Everything you crave from the sport you love of mixed martial arts, BJPenn.com, the fighter's voice. We have got you covered, guys. So on behalf of the whole team, everybody at Penn Nation, all of our hardworking staff, and all of you for tuning in, I'm your host, Jay Kinch. Tune in next week. We'll catch you on the flip side, everybody. Peace out.